Hi guys! Welcome back on Reclaiming Filipinx Identity. For those new listeners, my name is Chachi and I am the host for this podcast. This podcast is geared towards our Filipino community and with this platform that I built, I want to share stories with Filipino Americans who is currently living in Hawaii or move and just want to hear their experience as a Filipino American and today I am joined by a really close friend of mine I can say I known her since she was in the seventh grade and I tell you not but she has grown tremendously and I am excited for you guys to listen to her narrative. I truly believe that when it comes to reclaiming our Filipinx identity, it comes from knowing ourselves and being able to say that I am a Filipino. So with that said, I welcome you guys one and only authentic human being Megan Ramones. So um, growing up, I actually hated the color. Hi, my name is Megan Ramones. I am a senior communication student at UH Manoa. My pronouns are she, her, and hers, and I am a third generation. Growing up, I actually hated the color of my skin. Um, I couldn't play outside with my cousins for too long because according to my mom, I was a girl and I shouldn't be out in the sun for too long or else I'd get too dark. Um, in middle school and high school, I was always outdoors because, you know, James Campbell High School, no AC at the time, and we literally burned in the sun. Uh, if you were to look at old photos, I wasn't that dark-skinned. Why? Because... Uh, because papaya soap. I'm sure many of you know and have seen that orange box. Um, I remember telling my mom to buy me loads of them so that I wouldn't get too dark. As soon as I'd get home from school, I'd be drying myself in papaya soap, hoping that the damage wasn't too bad. I really was under the impression that nobody would ever like me if I was too dark. And I know it sounds crazy when I say it now, but I was really under a colonial mentality. And for those of you who don't know, colonial mentality is the internalized attitude of ethnic or cultural inferiority felt by people as a result of colonization. So I hated the fact that I got dark so easily because I was Filipino. Fast forwarding, I've only had the opportunity to live in San Francisco for about a year. I was a freshman undergrad student at the University of San Francisco studying media studies. I was a part of the university's Filipino American organization called Kasamahan. And the Filipino pride that was present in that space was definitely a lot more different to what I've experienced here in Hawaii. Maybe it was my ignorance toward the culture caused by stigmas and stereotypes that made me blind to the beauty of our culture, or the fact that I just never grew up in a traditional Filipino household. So I knew nothing except for the stories of the 
hard upbringing that my mom would tell me and my brother. At first, I had a difficult time understanding why Filipinos in Hawaii were so different from the Filipinos I've met in San Francisco. And I always question why did the Filipinx community in the Bay feel much more alive and thriving than the Filipinx community here in Hawaii? That's something I asked myself a lot, and I just couldn't wrap my head around it. But it wasn't until I took Professor Roderick Labrador's online class called Filipinos in Hawaii and Professor Ellen Cachola's Social Movements in Hawaii um, that I began to have a better understanding on why exactly the cultural experience here in Hawaii is different in pretty much every part of the world. In short, the Filipinx diaspora in Hawaii differed greatly from diasporas throughout the world because other cultures are present within this space. So to kind of give it a little more context, taking it back to the plantation days when immigration and the desire to work in the sugarcane fields were booming, people of many ethnicities, for example, Filipinos, Japanese, Korean, Chinese, Puerto Ricans, and Portuguese, all immigrated to Hawaii. But little did they know they were playing a part in the illegal annexation of the Hawaiian Islands. And I think that's what many of us forget, actually, that Hawaii was illegally annexed from the United States. While we're here reclaiming our Filipino identity, I can't emphasize enough how important it is to remember that in other indigenous groups who are fighting to reclaim their rights and culture are here as well. Here in Hawaii, we are here to support the Hawaiian Renaissance. Here in Hawaii, we have a multicultural society where racial harmony is present. Here in Hawaii, we are standing in solidarity with the Kanaka Mo'oli, and we're moving together with empathy. As Filipino Americans in Hawaii, we draw from, we draw from our experiences and use that to bridge the gap between our indigenous cultures. What bridges the gap among all cultures is the resistance against Western ideologies and white supremacy. So in the past, we've ranked each other based on the colors of our skin because colonizers made us believe that the darker you are, the less you deserved. They made people of color give a powerful gift to the oppressor, turning against those who you should be in solidarity with. I heard that quote, from Enomoto, he's a, one of the researchers when it comes to studying indigenous peoples, pretty much. But moving forward, we're no longer here to break each other down based off of the colors of our skin. We're all here to rewrite our narratives, starting with creating a space of inclusion. So going back to reclaiming Filipinx identity, I'm truly grateful for Kasamahan, even though I've had the chance to spend a year, oh, sorry, even though I've only had the chance to spend a year with that Philam community, it was a year full of decolonization and revitalization. It was a year of cultural healing and rediscovery. It was a space that helped me root myself in my culture, find my voice, and create a short narrative called I Will Be, which is a story that intertwines my past, present, and future self. 
Thank you, Megan. That was beautiful. Um, well, well, very well stated. Um, honestly, you exemplifies what it means to be a Filipino American. Just listening to you just speak your narrative, um, it really tells me a lot how San Francisco really took care of you really well and how open you are into that new experience and the journey you took as an individual. Only for just one year, um, you really truly immerse yourself. I'm just well, I'm just speechless by really. Yeah. So yeah, that that's how I really went. And like I said, I'm always gonna be grateful even if it was a short time. I know you mentioned it um through your little testimony in a way, but being third generation Filipina, has your parents taught you do anything about the Filipino culture or your grandparents? Truthfully? None of them. I would have to say that a lot of the things I've learned about my Filipino culture has stemmed from my experience with Kasamahan, which I will tell you in a little bit. I really wish, though, that I learned more, especially like the language from my parents or my grandparents. But I guess I just never took advantage of the opportunity to ask them especially because my dad was born in Hawaii, so he doesn't know the language either. My mom knows it, but I think she was too ashamed to tell us or like mm-hmm. teach us because of her upbringing. And my grandparents were just never around that much when I was younger. So that's just how it turned out. I was going to ask, um, was there a reason why they didn't teach you, but you kind of went over it <laughs> briefly, yeah? I got you. <laughs> For you, um, even going before going to san francisco uh, did you walk to san francisco blindsided where you didn't expect to be immersed to your philippine culture are you asking if i didn't expect to be so immersed in the filipino culture in yeah yeah definitely not um (laughs) i actually went to san francisco with the mindset that I was going to, and I quote, broaden my horizons, end quote, but I never knew exactly what that meant. And I think it's because I kept my expectations kind of low that I was, I ended up being blessed with so much more. So I only expected to be in another state. I didn't expect myself to be who I am today, pretty much. Going with that, um, Because I know you mentioned it through the narrative and previously, but personally struggle with our Filipinx identity. Oh, yeah, definitely. So kind of giving a little bit more context. Growing up, I used to watch a lot of Korean dramas. (laughs) I remember in middle school, I really, really wish that I was born to be Korean for two main reasons, pretty much. Because first, their culture looked super cool. And I wanted to be their skin color. And two, I wanted to be their skin color. Pretty trivial, right? Like, yeah. But, you know, moreover, there was always this stigma with Filipino culture in Hawaii that caused many people to choose to identify as local rather than Filipino. And that's not a bad thing at all. I used to think it was a bad thing, but I've come to terms with understanding that it's okay to identify as a local and you can still identify as a Filipino American, too. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But, you know, at the time I went with the majority. I wanted to be local. I wanted to fit in. So in addition to that, I grew up in a non-traditional household. And like I said before, my parents never taught my brother and I anything about the culture because they themselves never really knew much about it. So all of this combined just added to the struggle with embracing my cultural identity. When you mentioned like that, it really uh, made me think about like all of the subcultures that Filipinos are in. And where you say you struggle, you were kind of in that subculture where a lot of Filipinos are, especially in the Korea boo world. Mm. Mm. And it's not a bad thing mm. at all. Oh. But it definitely messes with you if you're not heavily rooted in a certain identity. Mm-hmm. And going with that, um, I know you mentioned about when you came back to Hawaii, not uh, not until you took um, Professor Rod's class in ethnic studies, Filipinos in Hawaii, where that truly like opened your eyes to be like, now I know why why the Filipino community in Hawaii is not as the same as you were in the in California. Mm-hmm. Could you please? mostly elaborate on that like how specifically how it's not the same mm-hmm. okay so in california or at least based off of my experience in california or in san francisco specifically i don't know maybe it was because i was a part of the cause i was a part of kasamahan that i was more exposed to the culture more than i expected because we did have a lot of field trips to like little manila and stockton And we also had friendship games, which is an event where all college universities, like the Filipino orgs, would come together in, I forgot what school it was, but they would come together and pretty much encourage friendship by playing games and just embracing the Filipino identity. And honestly, I was quite envious because we literally have none of that here in Hawaii. I... When I was in San Francisco, a lot of them could bond over the fact that they were a part of their like their Filipino-American club in high school. Like here in Hawaii, there is no Filipino-American high school club in any high school. Except for Franklin. I mean, maybe there is now. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I had no idea about that. And now I do know. But I, at least in my space, as growing up, for me, I didn't have access to any of that. And, like, I think it would have been really helpful for me to just have that growing up. Mm-hmm. I totally agree on you on that. I know as a writer, when we see it, um, especially with the entire film club, film community, um, in high schools, when we hear film club we really associate it with our culture and identity we kind of associate with all of the esl kids that came from the philippines and we don't mm-hmm. really see more than that but it's that True. that still is keeping hawaii from growing with it but i and especially with uh manoa um filipino club like there's two different clubs that are Filipino, especially because there's still that fight for what is the national language of the Philippines. Is it Tagalog? Is it Ilocano? It's 
it's that constant like battle between Tagalog and Ilocano. It's and how I see it, um, trying to push into making that drama fest because there's two drama fests in both of the clubs to just making it one and like following the got following how California does it like um instead of calling it drama fest calling it pacific cultural nights because they both have they are both similar in a way i agree but at the same time i think to add on to that rather we should unify our culture not only by calling it pacific indo nights but like just really emphasizing that even though there is divisions in our Filipino communities because of our languages that we all come together to celebrate the fact that we're all Filipino. And I feel like that should just be enough for all of us. But there's also this pride issue that a lot of us have because we want to emphasize that one is better than the other. Like I know a problem, a a common problem is that Ilocanos, like I could be wrong, but for me, what I've experienced is that with Ilocanos, it's a lot more different they're different from like Tagalogs and like because of that differentiation there's like what you said this battle but if we look past that battle then we can come together even more to reclaim our Filipino identity you know what I mean I don't know if that made sense at all but no it did it really did a lot honestly I kind of agree with you on that um it's kind of if I see it it's it's a whole lot of pride thing when it comes to it. Mm-hmm. And I think when you said that we should be like, like how Kasamahan is pretty yeah. much, for example, like from what I see, it's because even if they, I was in a room full of Filipinos who identified as Kapapangan or like Tagalog or Ilocano or something else. But mm-hmm. despite all of that, we all together. And I think that's what UH Manoa's clubs need to do. It's understand that despite the differences, it's time for us to be unified and come in solidarity. Because if we can't even become, if we can't find unity within our own culture here, how can we expect others to understand that, that we can all find equity with mm-hmm. other cultures? So it really is like starting from within and then letting it go out in the same way how like we need to reclaim our Filipino identity from starting with ourselves, then going out to inspire others. It's the same thing when it comes to organizations. So I'm sorry if that came off as aggressive. I don't need to be aggressive at all. No. Like, I'm- it didn't. Like, I don't, I get really passionate about this, and mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it's been it's a awesome. minute I've had the chance to talk about. <laughs> no, it's awesome, and that's, that is why um, I asked you, because with the people that I could be, like, asking of, I choose those who I know is passionate about it, and who I know has truly have that embrace their own identity but yeah 
when it comes to Filipino organization in Manoa itself, I know I had a conversation with a professor about it, especially trying to just unify them together and they're actually thinking about it because opening up new dialects, but it's just that it's the uh, what you might call it. It's those who um, it's the history that plays in why it's the way it is now. I see. Interesting. I think I really have to be in that space to understand where they're coming coming from because personally I don't know that's maybe that's why I think it it sounds like an easy way to resolve it sounds like we could resolve it easily mm-hmm. but it's right. there is something deeper that I probably don't understand so I hope they figure that out hopefully too because um, be really yeah Sorry, the connection was kind of Sorry. unstable, so I was just like, oh no. But yeah, um, even with that in mind, thinking of it now, especially trying to learn from our ancestors, and if we want to see a change, and if you want to. Okay, we're good. We're back. We're back. We're back. I was like, hello. I know. I was just like, wait, what happened? I was like, no, didn't disconnect. The last thing I heard was try to. Try to. If we try to. I think you were trying to like lead into the next question, but I don't know. Yeah, I think I was trying to lead into the next question. But, yes, the next question is, here is where I say we're going to take a little commercial break because I literally forgot what I was going to talk about. (laughs) Okay, we're good, we're good. Okay. So, how do you see yourself with your cultural identity? I know that you mentioned it a lot, but just to give a, a little more emphasize to it yeah for sure so today um i said that a little bit too aggressive hold on so today i'm here to tell you that i am proud to be filipina american and i say filipina american because i was born and raised in the united states but i'm still filipina i'm still filipino Honestly, I still find it a bit discouraging to know that I was never taught to speak or understand Tagalog or Ilocano because my mom didn't find it necessary since we lived in the United States. But, you know, at the end of the day, I understand that it's not my mom's fault. It's because of intergenerational trauma that we've come to this point, but it's not a bad thing. And that's why I'm inspired to continue spreading the narrative that we're here to reclaim Filipinx identity or Filipino-American identity. I come from a culture full of beautiful 
dances, incredible story. I embrace my morena skin. I'm pretty much no longer ashamed to be a Filipina American and to be able to say it in a crowd full of people who aren't Filipina or Filipinx Americans. And that in and of itself is progress. We should always be congratulating ourselves for the little progresses that we make in life. I hope that answered your question. It did. Um, it kind of brought up another question where in relations to you trying, you're now being able to say that I'm a proud Filipina, Filipinex, and you're proud to to share out more of your identity with those around you. Have um, With you also working, not working, but interning with, um, trying to find it, but in, in, in training, yeah. Um, I don't want to butcher it anymore. <laughs> you're good, you're good. Uh, with yeah, interning with, with them, um, have you ever saw a parallel between our indigenous native Hawaiian with Filipinos? Did I ever find a parallel with the narrative of native Hawaiians and Filipinos? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I briefly said it in when I was talking a little bit about myself, but mm-hmm. we all can connect by, through one same experience and that is colonization and mm-hmm. our efforts to pretty much decolonize or colonize minds and indigenize the way like indigenize the culture or how do I say this pretty much go through the process of indigenization and indigenization is pretty much using indigenous I know I keep saying that word but it's using past how do I say this in short indigenization is using old I can't, I forgot the definition. Let me just go on Google real quick because no, I don't know no. it. You're good, you're good. Um, okay, so indigenization is the act of making something more native. Mm-hmm. So in when I'm interning with Mana Maoli, I see how they continue to keep their cultural culture alive and to really bring back olelo and which is their hawaiian language because they see how learning the language really helps a lot of those people who have a hard time being proud of their hawaiian roots it learning the language helps them find that connection and be closer to their culture in the same way that us Filipino Americans are doing our best to be proud of who we are as um, and be proud of our culture, culture through our language. Like I see a lot of parallels between the two and I just find it really inspiring to be in a space, even though it's not like 
Filipinos, yeah. Filipinex. So sorry. No, it's okay. Even though it's not Filipinex, it's something that continues to remind me that we're all fighting for the same thing, and that's to revitalize our cultures. Mm-hmm. And that's just beautiful, you know? No, I honestly, like, you you never, uh, you explained it really well um, because I feel like both cultural, in a way, Hawaiians and Filipinos can learn from each other because they were both colonized, yes. They both fought with uh, with United States, yes. But one thing that the Filipinos, one thing was different with the Philippines was they fought for their independence while Hawaii is still being illegally treated. Um, and it's that takeaway where I guess it's all about just having that solidarity and like if we're able to look at each other's history, you know that it will fit the puzzle piece. Yeah. Yeah, and it's important for us to move forward together with empathy and like what you said, that comes with understanding each other's histories and seeing where we've all come from and realize that the oppressor really, really got to us. Mm-hmm. And so all we can do from now is to say, yes, this happened, but we're no longer going to stand for it. feeling inferior. So we're going to do what we can to make the world know that the Kanaka Maoli is here today. The Filipinx Americans are here today. The Oceana are here today. Mm-hmm. And the list goes on, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, this is a never-ending battle, really, because it's so deeply rooted in history, colonization, that we need to keep decolonizing it, and that's through indigenization, you know? Mm-hmm. And I keep repeating the same exact thing, so you can stop me. <laughs> no, you're good, honestly. Um, the more you repeat, the more you repeat what you're saying, it's it's just a, a little emphasize and it emphasizes how important it is. Mm-hmm. Going along with that, um, with your work right now as an intern, um, how can I put it to this? I was trying to make a question about like with your profession as a in communication um, have you ever tried or tried in a way to in the future um, going to have community work with this if that makes sense so, sorry, I'm just going to paraphrase your question to kind of clarify it, if I'm understanding it correctly. Mm-hmm. Are you asking if, if I'm going to, or like what I'm going to do with my major? Yes. In terms of 
spreading awareness mm -hmm. of reclaiming our Filipinx identity. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, well, as a communication student, we learn a lot about interacting with other people and thankfully to because of ethnic studies classes, I got a little bit more information on like different ethnicities and cultures, um, even anthropology classes, but I only took one. Anyways, so with my major, what I plan to do is just to continue creating really, because I'm a communications major with a concentration in media arts. And my goal is to visually communicate messages through different mediums so social media or like video or photos whatever it is um, my goal in life is to be able to continue to spread the narrative or share my narrative through mm -hmm. visual communication see where I can pretty much contribute that I don't know what else. I don't know if that made sense. I guess yeah. to, um, if I'm understanding correctly from your answer, is that as a communication major, media concentr concentration. Sorry, I have I'm in the garage, so the Wi-Fi is not off charging. Huh. I'm, I'm cutting off. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm going to quickly just say this, but what you just said is just that through your um, major, you... Hello? 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 Can you hear me? Hello? Hello? <laughs> Oh yeah, exactly. What happened <laughs> again? <laughs> but um, with what you just said—that as a communications major, through the, oh, thing, no. the things that happen again—I think it is because I'm not my real my. Uh, it's okay. I'm gonna try go on my it's working again. Okay. But maybe to just go to the next uh, block before I forget again, um, what is your advice to the next generation? Hello? Hello? Hello. Did you hear? Oh, wait. Were you able to hear me? Did you? I heard you say hello. <laughs> oh, I said, um, so as of right now, um, what is your advice to the next generation? So, to the next generation, first of all, Embrace the color of your skin, whether you're a mestiza, mestizo, or morena, or moreno. Embrace it. 
because you're beautiful. You come from a culture full of beautiful dances, incredible stories, and amazing, like amazing food, which you should learn to cook so you can cook for your family in the future. Um, also learn the language to the best of your abilities. Understand that it's okay to not know everything, but it's also time to hone your learning. Um, also connect with other Filipinx Americans to learn more about the culture, to hear each other's stories, and to build your banyan. Connect with your family to learn more about your roots. So be rooted, be brave, because it's your turn to share your narrative. There's this thing that we said during a Filipino, or it was a, how it was called? It was a march for Filipino veterans, veteranos in San Francisco. Um, what we chanted was, Maki baka huag matakot, which means fight, do not be afraid. I don't know if that's the actual like translation, but that's what I've been told. So don't be afraid. Yeah. And for those like listening, um, even um, just trying to repeat what we said that it's never easy to fully embrace our culture when we're not thought of taught of it it's never easy when we when we try to run away from our culture because of what we hear on on the media because of how our uh, how, how filipino is being portrayed at but it's that taking of that leap of faith that if there is something that you're curious about the culture, go for it, reach into it because Filipino culture is one of the most, as speaking, very under underrepresented. And it's that race that has categorized into different things is it Asian or is it Pacific Islander? Mm-hmm. With that being said, I know you mentioned it so many times in this dialogue, but if I have to ask again, what does it mean for you to reclaim our Filipino identity? So to reclaim our Filipino identity is to rewrite the narratives of our culture. It's a process that entails healing from intergenerational trauma and colonial mentality. In order to do that, we need to decolonize the colonized mind. We need to get familiar with these terms because it's what we're going through. And sometimes we don't know what we're going through until we learn the right terms for it you know that was a lot that was something I struggled with but moving forward we need to become aware of where we've been as Filipino people where we are now and where we're headed to reclaim our Filipino identity it's to forgive ourselves for being ashamed of our culture and to root ourselves in the truth that 
our Filipino culture in its most indigenous form is beautiful. It's the act of embracing the brownness of our skin in all shades. To reclaim our identity is to show that we are still here and we're here to stay. And something I would highly recommend all of you to listen to is to listen to Here by Ruby Ibarra because yes. that last sentence was inspired by her. <laughs> yes, I but, love Ruby. Mm-hmm. Also, sorry, can I add one more thing? You can. So I remember I said it previously in my little spiel or advice oh. to the next generation, but if you are wondering a couple people to look at, um, I'm just going to put a shameless plug in here. You can. Because it's kind of interesting. Uh, it's really interesting. So there's this Instagram page called Pinaista. I don't know if I said that right, but Pinaista with an underscore. And their focus is building sisterhood in the hustle. So they're a community of self-identified Pinais in the hustle founded by Gina Morico. Pretty much what I encourage all of you guys to do is to just really take advantage of the resources that are available to you, whether it's on social media or in the school that you're in. Thankfully to social media and the internet, we have this, we have access to so much more than we did in the past. And to be able to have inspiration coming from all around the world is just something we really need to take advantage of. So check it out. Yes. And I will link that within the description below. But yes, like what Megan said, if there are resources available, don't be afraid to check it in. Check it out because, mm-hmm. it, because honestly, um, through this podcast, I can say I connected with. I think I know pretty much the California based area, and that is where uh, it's driving me to say that with whatever I've learned from them, I wanna like I wanna like push it here because I know that there's a lot of high school students that it is in Hawaii that's very intelligent, very smart. Like they can they can be the they are the next generation. Like but it's just that we need more I'll, we need more like ways to get them to really build it in Ho- in Hawaii, like. Mm-hmm. And I feel like within with the history itself of how um, Filipinos first came here because of the cicadas and and all of the sugar plantation and stuff. I feel like there was a purpose for the Filipinos for coming here. It's to say. Hey, are you Hawaiian? I'm I'm Filipino. Like yes, um, sorry, I'm gonna like go off tangent, but it's just we're a melting pot of many different sorts, and Filipinos came here, all of the different cultures, essentially, because to help our brother and sister of the Hawaiian culture, because they are if we don't help them enough, they're gonna be instinct, and it's that just helping each other um and that strong 
trait of Filipino of lifting each other up. You're good. No, can, can I just like, uh, I wouldn't say correct you, but kind of just yeah, like. you can. I wouldn't, so the only thing that I have to say is that they're not ever going to be extinct, but it's yeah. more so so that the culture remains here. Because the people will stay forever, but mm-hmm. it's the culture that truly is the main thing we're trying to keep is what sets us all apart because at the end of the day we're all human at the end of the day we all need the same necessities but like what you said it's the culture that we need to bring back up no matter what culture it is we need to continue to fight for it so that it doesn't get lost in time history and you know language yeah thank you for that you're on the right pathway like the people will still be here it's just that how are we going to continue it with the next generation to come mm-hmm. and with that being said with that in mind where do you see yourself in 10 years from now <laughs> <laughs> um, huh. uh, in 10 years oh, I would hope to have a stable career as the communications director for a major corporation uh, the second one is traveling the world, leading worship alongside old PH's music ministry. Um, also married with a loving husband and two kids at most. I was going to church every Sunday, eating waffles and ice cream for breakfast. <laughs> I know it's not that deep, really. Like it's, I don't know. I just don't think of that far into the future as mm-hmm. much because I'm too busy focusing on today. Which is good. Um, yeah, it's, yeah it's just, which is good, but I remember I used to think about it too much before, so I just mm-hmm. kind of like, I have these ideas in my head, but I know that, I know things change, mm-hmm. so I just leave it like that. And I At like, least I know for sure I'm eating waffles. Yeah, I like how you added, I was like, you were so specific, I was like, <laughs> mm-hmm. but when it comes to that and to just, I guess, with everything that you said through your narrative and honestly what I can take out of it was I think from how I see it and you can correct me if I'm wrong but I feel like you truly do do reclaim your own identity and it's that you're you're on that next stage of now I reclaim my identity how can we redefine Filipino and you're on the right path with the connections that you 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 are building with with our community here in Hawaii, and it's just that where do I go here? From, where do I go from now? Kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I like to use analogies to kind of like sum up my entire idea. But mm-hmm. if I had to say it, it was like I'm finally uh, what? Okay, what kind of fruit? Let's just say I'm an orange, okay? So like an orange that grows from a seed, the seed that comes from the orange will be used to create another orange (laughs) pretty much. And that's going to be a process. So now that, as you said, I reclaim my Filipina identity, Filipina-American identity, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's my goal and my mission to 
build up this next generation in any way that I can and to just be able to plant that seed for them, whether it's giving them a taste of what, like the beauty of our culture mm-hmm. in the smallest ways possible, because it's that seed that will be the catalyst for their journey towards reclaiming their own identity. So, yeah, we'll see a bunch of oranges in the future. We can pl- you can you can plant an orange tree. We'll plant an orange farm, my friend. <laughs> we'll do that. Yeah, but honestly, if you could go back to your 12-year-old self, could you imagine yourself who you are today? The 20-year-old Megan you are today. I thought I was going to be famous. <laughs> I thought I was going to be Hannah Montana. <laughs> No, no, no. Okay, seriously. Seriously, though. Um, no, I didn't expect mm-hmm. to be where I am today. Um, did you want me to elaborate on that a little bit? You can. So 12-year-old Megan would never, ever expect 20-year-old Megan to be where she is today. Primarily because I don't think she was thinking that far into the future. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure at the time, all there was in her it was trivial stuff like let's be real every 12 year old just wishes to be well if she watches korean dramas she would wish to be a k-pop star you know but you can make as many plans as you want but like what the bible says god determines your path and it's just testimony my whole entire life is testimony to the fact that i'm never gonna nothing's ever gonna go as planned and more blessings are going to come out of it than I expect. And it's not until I look back and see everything that I've been through that I'll realize just how things were supposed to fall into place the way it did. Like I wouldn't be able to fully comprehend why it's so important for us to reclaim our Filipino identity if I never looked back at how I was. Same thing goes for like, the vast majority, we wouldn't know where we need to be if we don't look at back at where we were. And I know that sounds really broad, but mm-hmm. you know, that's how it is. Mm-hmm. That's why we have history classes. That's why we reflect so we can become better than the person we were yesterday. Honestly, if I could talk to 12-year-old Megan again, it'd be to tell her to get her butt out of her, her head out of her butt. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Sorry. No, you're good. And I guess a little cool to share because I feel like more people need to hear this. And also, I feel like you deserve to hear this also because with everything that you have said in this podcast, um, this is just a good timing to share. This quote that I'm about to share was shared by me from one of my artists in UC Irvine. Her name is Nikki Sabas, and this is the quote that she shared with me. When I heal, I heal my ancestors. When I heal, I heal those who are yet to come. Yes! Dang, that's so good. That should be plastered. That should be art. I would buy that quote if she made, like, artwork for that. I'm sorry to, like... No, no, you're fine. Uh... That's so beautiful, really, because it's true. 
when you heal, you heal the wounds that were made, and you are healing future. And to wrap things up, um, do you have any final thoughts that you would like to share with the, with the rest of the audience? If there's one thing I just really want to emphasize before I like head out of here, it's realizing, like self-realization pretty much, because when you learn more about your culture and find your identity, you learn to love yourself more. And when you learn to love yourself more, it just opens the doors for so much more. And you gain this self-assurance that you've never really had before, really. And I encourage, like, all of you guys to continue to love, like, love yourselves and to learn more about your culture. Like, I can't emphasize that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it all starts with you, you know? Mm-hmm. It all starts with you. Before you can start anything, learn to love who you are because that's the start of everything. Yeah, nobody wants a fake person. People can tell people can tell when you're being fake. But I really appreciate you here tonight. Um, even with the time changes, um, being able to work with it. Um, it's really nice being able to talk to someone who is very passionate about. Likewise, like it's like I told you earlier, I didn't expect this really. <laughs> Um, thank you for reaching out to me, though. I know it took a while for me to give the response, but it's because of my busy schedule, too. Mm-hmm. But thank you for reaching out, because what you're doing is really admirable, and it's something we really need in Hawaii, especially because social media is the biggest thing right now, and you're really taking advantage of the fact that we have social media, and that's really good, because sometimes that's what we need for people to be aware, become aware of our narratives. It's to meet them where they are. And they're all on social media because of this pandemic. So, um, yeah, continue to do what you're doing too because a lot of people are here to listen. And with that being said, maraming salamat. Mga kababayan, um, thank you again, Megan, for your brave soul and sharing your story, your narrative, because it's so important. If you want to connect with Megan, I will leave her, leave her IG handle on the description below. And likewise, about her I will be narrative will also be in the description below if you guys want to check it out and as always stay safe stay healthy and if you're listening on Apple Podcasts don't forget to leave a rating behind because I really do appreciate um, you guys leaving comments for improvements or suggestion and if you want to stay connected with me follow me at Reclaiming Philippinex Identity on Instagram and This is the second to the last episode for season one. Next week will all be season two with an even greater content. I will still be having interviews being featured, but I'm also going to be adding new topics to discuss. 
and we'll be featuring some of my classmates in Ilocano 451 so stay tuned on that also shout outs to University of San Francisco who is mentioned in this video and shout out to University of Hawaii at Manoa Ethnic Studies Department Professor Rod and all of the people that are mentioned here shout out to you guys we'll be keeping in touch with you guys soon on the next episode which i'm so excited for you guys to listen to bye guys kids kids for next time bye